0: Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, uh, my dear friend of this uh, sixty episode of the Dare Real Agile podcast. I'm your old coach AF, known as my real name, Alexandre Frédéric Joly. I'm so happy to be with you at this end of January. For uh, it's a kind of a replay. It's it never been an audio podcast what's going to follow uh, for you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, who are running with me. Thank you so much. Happy New Year! Actually, I think. I I never said that usually, but now let, let, why not? Why not? So I hope you're gonna go run even better than last year. Uh, listening to our uh, great, their real agile podcasts wherever you catch it from Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon uh, Prime, something uh, Audible, iHeartRadio. A lot of pe- a lot of you out there are writing to me from this platform, iHeartRadio. Apparently, there's a lot of people of you uh, w- listening to it. So. This is, I'm doing an intro, because this is uh, what's going to follow. It's a really interesting podcast that I did with Daniel Mizik over at Agile Boston and the Open Leadership Network. He's also the owner and uh, prime consultant for Improving Agility. He was also a fellow of Enterprise Scrum, like me, with Mike Beadle and more. Uh, we became friends we became colleagues and we have a lot in stock for you coming up your way in 2024 and this was recorded probably like two and a half years ago it was only on uh, the video platform it was never a podcast it was supposed to be a podcast and we kind of forget it so it was somewhere in august 2021 i believe when i came back in montreal so The title is very funny uh, because a lot of people believe that Scrum is agile. So saying that Scrum is agile is exactly the same as the title of this podcast episode um, in Ling, which is the Adults Oxley, uh, excuse me, uh, George Orwell 1984. Uh, contrary effect of paradoxin, which is if you say scrum is agile is exactly the same intent of saying war is peace, uh, slavery is, uh, freedom and everything and everything. So that's why we, we do it a title like this just to shock you as usual, being bold and proceed. So um so really important so the content is very important my conversation with daniel music will go uh, a little bit like this so we we go again over uh, the manifesto for agile software development we make a difference between this and what will follow in our discussion um we go also in a chapter of the difference between a scrum master and an agile coach we have a kind of a little Constructive debate about it, that and then um, Danielle help us understanding uh, the importance of uh, a Scrum Master, which is in the province of Quebec. It's very, very, very misunderstood. So I hope by this podcast, especially now that I'm uh, teaching and mentoring uh, two to five new Scrum Master, who will uh, actually. Uh, Need of that kind of information. And any one of you out there who would like to really practice Scrum and the lean design thinking and even more the business agility aspect of it, you have to understand that there's no difference between a Scrum Master and an Agile Coach because actually on keeping Scrum scrum going well, a coach called a Scrum Master helps tell us Mike Beadle back in the day. So we're going to go through this. And why am I also doing an intro right now? It's because, of course, that was uh, the episode 32 back in August 6th, 2021. So you might hear, uh, Danielle and I talking about, uh, the conference. Uh, but of course the conference was in August 18th, 2021. So forget about it. And I don't want to cut it, uh, because I'd like to give it to you as it was, as it is. For you, the audio listener, that never benefit of it. And as I said right now, as I have newcomer, a new hire at the Scrum Master, I believe that the time is now to refresh this. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. In your is strength. And Scrum is agile. No, Scrum is not agile. And the Scrum Master is even better. Is at the same level of... Uh, he's a coach. She's a coach, too. Okay? So for keeping scrum if you choose it as a systems to create your framework your contextual framework your tailored framework here you go so the scrum master could sit down and talk with executive and so on and so on so that's why i'm redoing it right now uh because it was a great conversation and i literally forget in those 18 months to put it on here so i said why not uh, for the first episode of 2024 the 60th episode Let's have it as a conversation right now. I have a lot of things to do too, but let's do it as the main episode of this last Friday of the month, the twenty-sixth of January. So I hope you're gonna like it. So, but forget about uh, any mention of the Scrum beer coming up, um, uh, whatever, or the uh, the conference of Danielle. It's not relevant, okay? So you're you. It's a, so, um, but we're gonna talk about this. Very like Scrum being agile and the Scrum Master not having access to everyone in the organization. With, I will say that we're going to reiterate that Scrum is a lean system. Uh, We're going to reiterate also that the Scrum Master is the coach. She is the coach. Um, uh, We have also a little timeline of the agile world. Uh, And this is very prop him there to what we do at the open leadership network and at agile lounge about this renaissance movement of not just the agile community, but even better. And as I said, I'm moving away from agile, concentrating on scrum and real value to help customer and co-worker uh, achieve and have a better experience. Uh, We're going to talk also in this podcast a lot about the Scrum decision rights. Yes, it's not a myth. It exists and it's in the last version of the Scrum guide for those of you who would like those descriptive things. So pay attention about the 37 minutes or 40 minutes. You're going to hear Danielle and I uh, I have a great conversation on the Scrum decision rights. Of course, business agility, which is Scrum beyond agile software development. It's also for agilizing everything in the organization and your enterprise. We're going to talk about interaction protocol and the future. It's going to be um, the future of the sapiens. We are the homo sapiens sapiens. What's next for us with those chat GPT, those pre- pretend you uh, kind of artificial intelligence are we going to be replaced in the next five years uh, is there only come some sort of screen that you're going to be able to touch or even the vision pro and then you're going to ask any question you're going to have any re- a response so we don't need a coach a scrum coach anymore also so on so it's just a little glimpse because we're going to come back uh, this year with these kind of subject as well so i hope you're going to like your run or your workout with me and danielle music uh talking about Scrum is not agile, and the Scrum Master is the coach, among other things. So enjoy, and uh, see you soon, wherever you are, and uh, thank you for so much for listening, downloading, like it. And by the way, yeah, I saw on Spotify, it's only... One person who, who commented and, and put, so if you are subscribed to uh, Spotify and Apple, please uh, give me some stars. Give me your appreciation. Give me your comment. And on my website at Their Real Agile, so com when you go to the post, you could send me their a comment, a private comment. So I would really appreciate to read your feedback to adjust, uh, inspect and adapt myself, uh, exercising the scrum empirism, I really, really practiced it, but I need your input to do so. So I can't wait to read you again. And uh, yes, send send us the coffee if you like. Daniel and I, we are sucker for great coffee. So all the links are in the description wherever you are catching this. Thank you and enjoy this 60th episode of the Real Agile podcast.
1: Es un hombre extraordinario.
0: Me impresiona
1: mucho. Pues, ¿sabes qué? Yo
0: creo que no es tanto el físico, es más bien la personalidad que tiene y todo lo que proyecta. Ya me lo imagino con su smoking blanco, un martini en una mano y un costoso en la otra. Provocativo. Atractivo. <risas>
1: Stereophonic Sound Spectacular.
0: Hello there, and welcome to the exciting world of hip. This is a new departure in language instruction for English-speaking people who want to talk to and be understood by jazz musicians, hipsters, beatniks, juvenile delinquents, and the criminal friends. Bonjour, madame. Bonjour, monsieur. nous allons, grâce à ce disque... Et spécialement pour vous, essayez de tirer ensemble le maximum de qualité sonore de votre chaîne Haute Fidélité.
1: Sit back,
0: relax,
1: and close your eyes. Saying by the only thing that I would put that would be more than what the Ash Manifest said, I'd put a line at the bottom saying, I don't know if you said working product, but if he did, that would have been the right thing. Working product at the end of every iteration, and we really need it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the uh, So the Azure Manifesto is a, is, is a historical artifact, and uh, none of the authors want to change it. it. It is what it is, and so all you Azure folks do what you do with it, right? And so there's plenty of room for new ideas and new ways of thinking
0: we are there war is peace freedom is slavery and ignorance is strength so scrum is agile exactly the same way and we're gonna okay that's perfect so guys um i had decided actually my team and i we had decided to the agile because uh, and all in for bitcoin blockchain protocol And so on. So we're going to have a lot of debate on this and how actually agility could help those defeat. It's a defeat on decentralized finance, all the decentralization. It's in line in my equation. I do with uh, business agility, conscious leadership and so on. Uh, And also we're going to do our vision board all together, my team and I, about like what's going to be the six years of the Agile Lounge for business agility providing training coaching and facilitation we're going to emphasize on the facilitation how uh, to help you to accompany you into your path I prefer path than journey uh, of you to uncover new ways of producing things i would like to thank again this week i've got another uh, seven new subscriber on the youtube channel thank you so much So I'd like to thank uh, Jacinthe Melbourne for his 20 euros uh, donation. Uh, And also we have a donation and Bitcoin. Those is my preferred one. If you'd like to give me Satoshi, Ethereum and Bitcoin, I prefer that. Or even the crib coin. That's the only four that I will accept. And again, guys, in the YouTube video, all the links are in the description to give me a PayPal me and any currency. And we do this. It's voluntary, of course. I'm not making a lot of money with that, but it shows your appreciation. It's help us uh, continue uh, to uh, transfer this information and create those content. And if you could help me uh, finish, like it's just like, it's to cut the expense. It's not to make money. It's to cut the expense, actually. So, and you know, a donation, it's sometimes more powerful than a thumbs up. But of course, you should thumbs up this video if you liked it. You should share it to friends to spark their mind. And, um, it's it's really important because we could defy the algorithm with that. And we have a guest that will join us in the second segment. Uh, someone that you saw on the Dare Real Agile podcast actually is in my top third, in my top three. Uh, with um, of course uh, John McAfee. I didn't interview John McAfee, but I got the permission of Barcelona um, Blockchain Conference uh, to put one of his segments embedded into a video to commemorate his passing. So that was one of the top one. And since we did uh, two days later, but it was published a week after, a great uh, podcast of the Dare Real Agile podcast. Uh, so both are very eye ranking. So Danielle is a great uh, guest and we're going to have him today at the second part to chat about decision rights. And it's going to be very interesting uh, if you'd like to uncover new ways and not force change into your organization um, with your people you never force these uh, concept today again like last week i brought, uh, I brought you back uh, the pragmatic dave thomas talking about agile is dead that he started that kind of reflection uh, back in 2015 we had in 2016 uh Daniel Misik, actually, uh, with Martin Fowler uh, talking about uh, the um, agile industrial complex. But if you watch carefully uh, the go-to conference of uh, in Amsterdam, um, I think they, they kind of all agree. Ron Jeffrey also made a paper back in September 2016 about it. Until there are a lot of people who are making articles out of the sudden on both LinkedIn and Medium talking about the debt of Scrum, the uh, inefficiency of Scrum the what have you it's incredible and even myself i get some more slack time and sometimes i read it with atonement because i just don't understand i think people should focus on what they have to consult coach and, and so on so that will probably but i need to do this because as a real agilist as an open business agility person i just it's not a question of having opinion on stuff and things. And I would like to actually read you a quote from, uh, from a great guy, one of the co signatory of the Agile, no, the Manifesto for Agile Software Development, and like the book they made with Ken Schrober. Um, so on keeping Scrum going well, a coach called the Scrum Master helps. That was from Mike Beadle. So yes, because about Scrum being agile and the Scrum Master not having access to everyone in your organization, this is lame. I'm going to tell you right now, it's lame. Okay? That was easy. Yeah, that was easy. It's easy to say. I know it's hard to do. I've been a Scrum Master since 1999, and now they call me an Agile Coach, an Enterprise Agile Coach. I don't care about the title. You see, my title is Coach AF, yes. It's Coach F. I'm coaching you to become an entrepreneur. I'm coaching you to adopt the uh, principle and values and create patterns. This is more importantly, and I'm sure Daniel will agree with me later on that, because it, it's one thing to understand the value and the principle. Now, how do you manage to create pattern within your organization, inviting people to make decisions, to make those changes happen. Because if there's no will, there's no love. Is there no love? There's no why. And if there's no why, you will never achieve a how and what to do. So for me, it's really clear that when I was a Scrum Master back in the day at Sim Technology, um, they give me uh, the full-on thing to experiment with the team of engineer and designer and everything. And of course, to go uh, with the PO, uh, meet the client, Gather information, having the proper person. So, you know, I was facilitating absolutely everything. I was also giving kind of insight to the CFO to understand how the budgeting works. So, so if you have in your organization, a scrum master who just doing the chart and the retrospective and applying the Bible book thing, I'm sorry. This is lame. This is totally lame. And this is why probably a lot of, especially developers come up. Uh, Programmer with passion, like we saw last week, they go on Medium and they say Agile is failed and why it's going to continue to fail. Because they don't feel, as a programmer, engaged into it. And especially, we use those systems like Scrum uh, or Extreme Programming or that that works in complexity software engineering environment. If your stuff is very banal or it's, Don't require like, and you, you better stay in the kind of a waterfall. I will be the first as a consultant, as an agnostic agile coach to tell you a thing when they say that the Scrum Master don't have access to the entire stakeholders and the organization because he's a coach. He's a coach at the first time. We call them Scrum Master because they master the Scrum system. They've been using it. We hope so, because any coach that never use or never practice something, for me, it's a lame coach. It's a fake coach. That's great. And that is inflating this agile industrial complex that Mr. Mizik and Fowler and others. And in the case of pragmatic Dave Thomas used to call it like agile is now an industry. So you see, so we, we and it's an adjective, agile, it's an adjective. And now I saw some papers from, I don't know, coaches and people on LinkedIn. And I kind of argue with them. Uh, and I saw someone saying um, that uh, Scrum is agile on Instagram and she's a promoter of helping newbie Scrum master. She does a very amazing and astonishing world. If I had someone like her in 1999, when I start playing with Scrum, that would have been nice to help me uh, gather this thing, but like move forward 25 some years uh, a so that's the thing so we could be there but i am, i was stunning that she never wore write uh, the book uh, excuse me read the book um from schwaber and um mike beadle on uh, agile software development with scrum is it the proper title anyways and uh that was the same thing with um with uh with them not knowing, like, uh, the history of Scrum and that Scrum and XP are kind, like, Jeff Shutterland told us in Austin, Texas in 2019, the last Scrum gathering that we had with Scrum Alliance, where he says, like, in a sense, like, most of the people who were there were from the Scrum movement and the XP movement Ken uh, Beck I think, right? Uh, you'll tell me later. Uh, so, anyways... So they were like talking about like, they knew that was a lean system. And even I have a lot of conversation with, uh, with my fellows about it, of Enterprise Scrum and others, that in, 20, in 2001, what happened when the outcome of the manifesto with the four values, the 12 principles, and the kind of suggested techniques uh, to go on, they, they knew themselves that they called it agile for the emulation of being able to adapt quickly. And respond to change quickly. But the equation that even Beadle told me and taught me was like, it was all the lean way of producing the things, uh, uh, cutting all the excess, going to the point of delivery that was important and meaningful value rapidly. Okay. And they add the customer integration, not just the user, like inside of computer programming. No, the customer integration and customer, you could define it like, Any experience, they put the experience. And for me, back then, as a CRM and CX designer, that was a bliss. So that equation, lean, plus customer integration and customer experience, made the agile movement back in 2001. And then the business agility movement that took place in 2000 with Mike Beadle and Enterprise Scrum. But you move forward and stuff. So, and I was very surprised when this guide, updated guide on Scrum came up last November for the 25th anniversary. uh, That a lot of people complained that, oh, they they remove Agile and they talked about lean. Yes, because Scrum, that was used even though in the manufacturing system and in the late 1980s, uh, it's a lean system. It was Scrum project management, even though, could you imagine that? So it's have nothing to do with this kind of agile culture that been built in the last 20 years since the manifesto and the manifesto, if you just call it agile manifesto, Dave Thomas going to smash you in the face because it was for software development. It's the business agility movement with the coming back of the open space, the OSA from Jim McCarthy, I think that is the real revolution. I will insist on that. It's that revolution because now we try to agilize everything in the organization. And even yours truly with the next level agile program, we are agilizing the community who wants to build a more self-manage, not just self-organize, but I don't know if it's a proper word in English because in French, we're going to say auto-gestion, which is, it's yeah, gestion, it's managing, Okay. It's the administration of our community, huh? the water supply, the food supply, the, the sovereignty food. Supply. So, and they, they, they like these principles of the open business agility, uh, to make their charter happen. And we move a lot on that. So we work with a lot of people in Texas, Florida, Arizona, uh, Salvador, Mexico, uh, Costa Rica, building those community that they want to opt out of this more and more globalized and centralization. And the same thing happened with uh, this um, Bitcoin protocol movement. So for me, when I call it next level agile, I don't want to coin and use agile as a name. No, it's an adjective. It's a next level, adjectively, qualitatively to help those who want more substantia and more decentralization. So for me, I have to call out the violation when people say Scrum is Agile. No, Scrum and XP, in a sense, like Jeff told us in May 2019, with the history of Scrum and the manifesto, of course, it's a great contributor of having creating the Agile manifesto for software development. But nowadays, let's stay in the present. Scrum, it's a lean system. So it's not for you. I mean, it's to create a unicorn in a complex environment empirically using empiricism. So that's my point. And that's my way of, instead of losing a lot of time and uh, my screen time and everyone on Medium and LinkedIn, I'm telling you right now here, and probably I will copy and pass this video that will stay, especially on my YouTube channel, to... uh provide you the answer when I will see someone complaining that uh, agile fail when it's the people that fail because agile in a sense, as an adjective, uh, you have to invest in it. You have to be invited and the same with scrum. And if you understand the scrum roles uh, and that's funny because I had a chat this week uh, with uh, some of my coaches that I uh, actually coach Uh, and they even go through, uh, again this old useless debate of the difference between a scrum master and an agile coach for me there's none the organization make it different because they try to make a leveling so because a scrum master in a sense as i said should have access to the ceo of a company of any size right that's the that's the essence so why do you need an enterprise agile coach to do this? Why do you need to count this name? I don't like to have this name on my title on LinkedIn, but apparently uh, the those who request job, they need it because a Scrum Master, especially in the market of Quebec and Montreal, in the French market, they see a Scrum Master like a secretary, like someone who just do a, a workflow diagram and stuff like this and managing Jira. This is like, for me, it's bad, especially as a certified Scrum educator with Scrum Alliance, This is very bad, guys, because your Scrum Master has a lot of value. He is a coach. And if you really want to use the Scrum system to create your framework of software development and anything else, because with Enterprise Scrum, this is what we learn, we could agilize everything with that system. And now you're going to say, like, hey, Coach F, hold on a second. You just say, like, Scrum is a lean system. Yes, factually, Scrum is a lean system. But as a big contributor of the Agile value and principle, it could help you tailor framework to agilize everything, to be more adaptative, change the adjective Agile by flexible. And I think Scrum is the most configurable framework to help you do this. But you have to have the strength, the focus, and the courage of a lean mindset, which is not this kind of rainbow culture of the HR invading the agile movement i won't say that much and again it's on invitation you don't force a system or framework because that's the thing it's not the mindset that will fail it's a bad pattern created by people who are not engaged that will fail so i'm sick and tired of seeing all of those people claiming that Agile is dead. It's far from dead because all of these movements of the early 21st century that include the Agile Manifesto for software development, the business agility movement, the OSA that came back more like open space agility and uh, everything that I know my friend, uh, that I will, you will join us very soon. I see him nodding like in the, in the waiting room. You're coming very soon. I think, I, I think, yeah, let's see on my program. Let's, let's bring you, let's bring. My friend, here.
1: Hey, uh, Daniel. How are you doing? Very good, yourself. Very well, thank you.
0: Okay. Oh, all right. So I I don't know if you uh, if you are listening. To my first segment, my editorial on all those paper that's flooding Medium.com and LinkedIn and all those debate. I mean, it's been two weeks. I spending time and energy of trying to explain people that the mindset could not die itself. Unless you create, like Dave Thomas explained at the GoTo conference, you probably watched that video. That's it's a classic. That he says, like, oh, but agile is a noun, and you said it with fear. So, anyways, Daniel, I'm, <laughs> and now this week that was like, oh, the Scrum Master is not a coach. What? And I found out in my notes with Mike Beadle, this great quote that he had. I keep telling us, like, uh, well, Scrum will going well if a coach called the Scrum Master helps the team. Yeah, of yeah. the organization.
1: I actually have a link I want to show about that. It's right from the scrum guide. Can I do that right now? Can I sk- share my... Here, it says the scrum master serves the organization in the following ways. Thing- okay. yeah. Here's let me my see. point. Here's my point about this. I agree with you a thousand percent. I join you with the idea that the scrum master is an agile coach. Agile coach is a scrum master. Why? Because in the scrum guide, it says right here, the scrum master leads the organization in its scrum adoption. And it says right here, the scrum master... Plans and advises the scrum implementation within the organization. We call that coaching task. It's actually scrum master task. So yeah. Scrum master job uh, has been, how can I say this? Been demoted, okay, to, to a, the level of a clerk. But the reality is that the scrum master is the coach. This is the reality of it all. If you're doing the full thing. Yeah. And this is why in Enterprise Scrum, we we just
0: say it's a coach and it's an owner because it will appeal to yeah. an owner of what? Are you owning a solution, a product, and what have you? So so we make it clear. And John McFadden, a great guy, I don't know if you know him, uh, when I was back in London meeting him uh, on the, the year after uh, Mike uh, passed away, and he kind of made a tribute to the Enterprise Scrum ways of simplifying the language because that's a problem. And me, I was so happy to see a 13-page Scrum guide because… When I started being a Scrum Master in 1999, I didn't have any guide. I didn't have anything. We were alone, the engineer, the designer, and the business owner doing the shit, according to any literature and the HBRP paper that was there and so on. So for years, like, uh, anyways, so I love it. I'm passionate about it. And I can wait to meet you guys because one of the reasons I bring you back is because people love you, as I told you. Uh, you were in the top 10 of many of the countries in Northern Europe on the podcast, the audio podcast, especially. And I don't know what happened on YouTube because you were at 85 views and all of a sudden they corrected the view down. I don't know why, but um, yeah. And could you imagine you beat my commemoration of John McAfee?
1: Wow. <laughs> yes. So. That's pretty good. So he, he's killing viruses and I'm, I'm spreading them, but my viruses are good.
0: <laughs> I love your virus, my friend. I love it. And, uh, it's, uh, and it's, I'm just doing it to be agreeable, but I agree so far. Probably we don't agree on everything. And on the course of our networking and relationship, we might uh, agree to that's disagree cool. at some point, And that's we, okay.
1: we disagree yeah, on all kinds of things, but we agree on the core things and that's what matters. And that's why we're friends.
0: Exactly. And I really appreciate you coming back. And especially at two weeks. Is it two weeks now? Because uh, time going so fast. I know it's yeah. August 18, Invitation based uh, conference. And I got a lot of questions following our podcast that we didn't put too much thing about the decision rights. So I would like if, you, if you'd like to take some time. We have about like 15, 20 minutes. Just give uh, my audience and the people that, because it's open to everyone. I'm open to everyone. I'm fully public. And right now, you know, we're live, huh? We're live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. So, uh, but you could dare whatever. I don't mind to be it by a censorship. There's no censorship. We're not talking about the thing that we don't need to talk, but decision rights. I think there's something that when I talk to people about it and the emails I receive after our broadcast, they said like, really, it's part of scrum, right? I didn't know that. And, so yeah, so it's amazing and great coaches, great coaches. They didn't know
1: that. Well, they better they better figure it out pretty fast because most of your impediments are wrapped up around skirmishes about decision rights. Who decides, and then who decides who decides is also an issue. Yeah. Okay. So so, so look, let's 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 put this thing in context, right? We are right now at pure imposition. Hold on, I will do
0: something here to make your screen bigger. Is it no?
1: That Sorry.
0: Is- Nah. We, are
1: pure, we are at pure imposition in, 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 in right now, okay? Oh, here it
0: is. Okay.
1: This is where we are. Yeah. This is because of the agile industrial complex that showed up around 2016, and there was interest in scaling agility, okay, back in 2014. This is the full timeline of, of the thing that I want you to see, okay? This is basically a, a lesson in how to destroy a company. This is the timeline of the agile world. Think about it. Yeah. Right? Manifesto in t- 2001, and right now we're at pure imposition. So what's the problem here? The problem is that people are disempowered to have uh, to be able to self-manage. You've discussed self-management and self-organization before very briefly. I want to clarify something for your listeners. When we talk about self-organization, we're not talking about flocks of birds or, or termites or ants <laughs> or, um, or fish schooling. That, that's all self-organization, but... When we work, we're in a goal seeking enterprise, okay? What we're really doing when we self manage, ask yourself the question for a minute. When we talk about self management, what is it that's being managed? Just think for a minute about what is it that's being managed. I'm gonna offer a hypothesis. But when humans who? self yeah, when you self manage, they are managing decisions that affect their own work. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So the decision rights are a very, very big deal. And what's happened is we have completely um, disempowered people. It's killed the self-management because there's no there's no decisions to decide anymore because external forces make those decisions for us, beginning with imposing the practices. And what what will
0: be the external forces that make decisions for them?
1: Authority figures who have budget authority, um, they fund it and then they walk away and they, they have external coaches telling people what they should do. Then let's say that the external coaches, let's say that the guy's name is Elvis. When Elvis leaves the building, it all collapses. Yeah. Because, okay. So this is, this is what goes on. The other thing that I'm keen on showing your people is this diagram Okay, this diagram right here, Uh, practices are informed by patterns. Yeah. So we have been a we have been enslaved and by the tyranny of practice frameworks. Okay. this has resulted in low levels of engagement. What we need to be doing is getting back to patterns because patterns offer freedom of implementation. A practice can be – a a pattern is informed by principles. Practices are informed by patterns. Any one of these patterns can be implemented in many different kinds of practices that the people can pick from and choose. And I want to show you something here. These are the core patterns right here. I want to do the screen share. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to show you this one screen. Let's see. Where is it? Okay, here it is. And I'm going to – Allow this, I guess. Yeah. Can you see that?
0: Yeah, it's loading. Here it is. Here we go.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it.
0: Eight patterns of open business agility.
1: Open business agility starts with leaders who invite people in to express their passion and their responsibility around things that need to be done.
0: And this is what we're going to have as testimony in the conference on August 18, right? Among other things?
1: That's correct. And not just testimony from consultants, because sometimes you and I can tell too rosy of a story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. These are the correct. actual executives who are going to tell you about the scar tissue they have when they use these patterns and what they learned. Okay. And one thing I want to say to your people, leadership invitation is the keystone pattern. Okay. This is the one that engages and ignites the people all the other patterns, the other seven support the leadership invitation pattern. So these are the, so for example, if you look at boundary management, explicit agreement and clarity of authorization, those are well expressed in scrum. Good scrum. Yes. Good scrum. Everyone knows what they are, have authorized to do and not authorized to do.
0: About this, um, good Scrum, dot Scrum, bad Scrum, fail Scrum. What would you say to people who, who've been uh, judged or pointed as purists of using the Scrum Lean system, right? Because we all agree that Scrum is not agile. I love like, uh, I, you saw my title is war is peace, uh, slavery is strength, I mean, like, come on. Like saying Scrum is agile is exactly in the same way of Orwell. So it's very dangerous, I think, and people don't understand it. They don't, do what, they don't know what they do. They don't even know what they are being at the first place. So, so but when, I, I mean, like, for me, um, when I was younger, when people say, oh, you're, you're a scrum purist, I said, like, well, I'm not, if you say purist by, by the book, I'm far from by the book because I never, I didn't have a book for the first 13 years of my practice as a scrum master. I think uh, the first guy came in in 2007, is it? The first scrum guide? The first scrum guide that Ken and Jeff Ward, was it? No, no, not the book. Yes, of course, this. That was like, yeah, that was the only thing that I read back in the day in 1999 to make, to start making things. And I was very engineer oriented, right? But I mean, like, um, what I'm saying is being a purist or a good scrum or great scrum, should I say, it's nothing to do about applying anything by the book. It's all contraire having his ear wide open and understand the context of the business you are making your consultancy. If you are a consultant, because nowadays I don't know for you in the United States guys, because uh, most of my work as a scrum master was in um, uh, like in Austin, uh, Phoenix and so on. And a scrum master is a very high level, sometimes engineer uh, Mm -hmm. that. Uh, have the process success. He's, he's really there to help on the process success of the chosen That's scrum. work exactly with XP work. or pair programming. Or, there's always something else. Yep. There's always another kind of uh, uh, software
1: cycle development. Let's get back to the decision rights. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of very light surface level scrum going around. And if you want to implement the full, the full thing, the, the true thing, then you must implement the decision rights by role. So, for example, in the previous version of the Scrum Guide, it said for the product owner to be successful, everyone in the organization must respect his or her decisions. Mm-hmm. So, there's a clear example of the decision rights that how it's essential to implement them or you're going to have trouble. Okay? Same thing with like the daily Scrum. That's the team's meeting. They design it. It's for them. They're an authority there. They have decision rights for those 15 minutes in that room. If you implement those things, you are going to change your culture. I want to say one thing to your your folks, and then I want to hear your comment. I can change the culture of your organization in three days. And the way I'm going to do this is by implementing the Scrum decision rights all the way. So the first thing that happens when you define a boundary is that boundary gets tested. Yep. Okay. So then when people test the boundary and the executive maintains the integrity of the boundary and says, no, the product owner owns the decision on prioritization, go to him or her, you have no rights there. The, the product owner has full decision rights on prioritization of the backlog. When people learn that and then that story gets around, that will change your culture. What do you think?
0: I think uh, I experienced it three times in my career, but I saw there was a prerequisite to that. Okay. The complete agreement and support from the C-level and all the stakeholders anywhere in the organization.
1: That is one of the patterns that I teach. Okay. It's in, it's in the book and it's in, uh, it's in the class. And here it is right here. Explicit agreements. Clarity of authorization in the management of the boundaries on those agreements. Exactly, that's
0: exactly what you just described. And you know that I did it without having the knowledge that you put on screen. No, you had it. You just didn't have a name for it. Exactly. So that. So that's and and for me that was like the just logical and natural thing to do when people interaction now the subcision that we learn in physics, and then we apply in Scrum because Scrum is an empirical process. So let's try things and then the boundaries will morph and change along that you improve your decision and so on. And it's not just on the product. A lot of people are focusing on product management. That's okay. But I mean, of course the outcome should be what you sell as an organization, whether it's a software or something else, because what I love with Scrum is you could create those patterns for non-IT Organization
1: yeah, as course, well yeah. industry, so. But you've got to be good at basic, competent, fun, um, basic Scrum before you can go to business agility. Let's talk about this for a minute. We know Jeff Sutherland teaches, and I love, I love the video you showed to Jeff there. Uh, he's a, he's a dear friend of mine. Yeah, that's a good quality. I was doing it on my iPhone, and the no, audio. it was great. It was perfect. It was just what needed to be be repeated. You you captured yeah. it perfectly. Um. This whole idea of business agility, okay, if you want to scale, and let's, let me, I'm going to put out a hypothesis, and then you tell me what you think, okay? Okay. All right, so if we, if we want to do good Scrum, number one, we work with willing teams first in the pilot, because willing teams actually de-risk.
0: Yes, the, and capable uh, people, capable people, and
1: capable, engaged, willing people are going to kill it with Scrum, and that's yeah. what happens in most pilots, Okay. Then we get organizational amnesia, and we want to scale it, but we forget that those teams are willing teams in the pilot, right, Alex? And then we, we push it on unwilling teams. We never ask them what they think, which is actually contrary to the empirical process yep. of gathering feedback and evidence, right? And then we wonder why we say Scrum doesn't work. So before you scale, two things have to be true. You have to work with willing teams, and you have to be doing good, competent Scrum, or it's not going to scale, Exactly. Okay, so until you get there, you have no shot at business agility. I want to tell you why. You want to scale an empirical approach like Scrum across non-IT domains, but you can't even get out of your own way in engineering uh, scaling Scrum across engineering. You have no shot at business agility at all. You're being sold a bill of goods. If that's what's actually going on because think about some of the problems. First of all, people don't understand the language at all. Secondly, not every area of the business is going to benefit from full-on Scrum. So you're going to have to be good at profiling how much to apply and where. Okay. Um, and then it's a, um, it's a much more complex domain because it's not just the monolithic engineering domain. You're dealing with legal, HR, marketing, sales, leadership itself, and so on. It's, it's like four times more complicated. And you can't even get out of your own way scaling Scrum and engineering you need to take a step back from this business agility stuff and, and get the basics scrum down. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think about that uh, hearing you, I was seeing like all of these um, organizations that they start by scaling. Huh? They even like uh, these, uh, this SFA this thing. I know that last time you said there's a good things and SAFE. I don't say like SAFE is completely evil, but for me, I despise it because a lot of people are buying a name and they applying and enforce it to their people. So for me, yes, exactly. That's my that's my motto. I said like, do we have it? Because the first time I ever I did Scrum was asked was asked by the engineer. And so we start doing it, and we start doing iteration and increment, and it was good. We were among all the PMO back then, and this great software engineering simulation software kind of company. Uh, We had the NASA as a client, shit, you know, so we need to deliver goods like shippable good, right? Okay. Even if you were simulation software for flight thing and stuff. But anyways, and our team applying the Scrum and the Lean Design Thinking were always achieving. And it was not perfect then because we're learning the process and the pattern, right? But nevertheless, the company saw it as like, wow, so you guys are delivering faster and good. It was just like being quick. To provide the, the training software, it was like say the the outcome, and and so they say like oh could we scale it to um, only in the IT within the IT PMO, okay, and then lately and they introduce also back in the day I know it's technical but they introduce like a Prince two kind of project management thing which is I have to agree is more tailored than the PMBOK type of thing is more like. Open to so that was like I'm telling you at the turning of the century the Agile manifesto was not even there, so so that was great so they try so let's try this and this and that and and of course the first Chrome master we became those who were spreading the news in the world, but it, it worked for a time of course but you're right when the IT start to disagree between them, and this kind of. Are you still there, Daniel? Okay, and this type of um, these uh, kind of um, dispute between devs and ops, uh, without having DevOps yet, but I mean, like we we start saying like, and of course the business we're looking at, okay, you you, you deliver greater than the waterfall, but you don't you don't you don't agree, you are, you don't have that much capacity of showing us that we could apply it into HR, finance. Blah, blah, blah. So the only thing I achieved at the at that time, 20 years ago, was more like at least as a scrum master, with the help of the PO, mostly from the business, educate people, especially the CFO, <laughs> to understand that budgetization and estimation is not the same with those kind of projects. Yeah. So that was the very least we could do back then. And today's, my three winning team, they actually, actually, they, one of them in Austin, they built their company as a startup on a flat-managed Scrum company. Even the three founder right now, they have title for the incorporation, the C-SARP, and stuff, but and the organization, they still code with the guy and they make fun with the Scrum master. And I mean, like, so that's the decision rights is fully operational there. I think because everyone is accountable and responsible. Also,
1: if you yeah, say so, if Alex, I want to ask you, how much more time do we have to converse here?
0: Well, I, I will. I I strive to have, uh, we, let's say we have 10, 15 minutes. And of course I'd like you to, uh, give us uh, a pitch on this conference. If you, if you need more attendee and uh, I will give my promo code also after, but let, let's, uh, let's, let's say we have 10 minutes together against to, to talk about these things,
1: these great okay. enlightening things. Okay. So I'd like to talk, talk about, i like, like to talk, talk about three things, uh, uh, I want to talk about the conference. I want to talk about some uh, courses that I'm offering that I want to give your community like obscene obscenely fantastic discounts on. Oh, and the last the last thing I want to discuss with with you with you is the ethics of the agile industry and why is it mm. that there's so much bad agile practice being bought and sold? Right? I want to do those three things. So the first thing is we're offering a conference on August eighteenth you can go to openleadershipnetwork.com here's what's going to happen during this conference we are going to provide undeniable proof that executives are using open patterns and invited approaches to get superior results to the stat compared to the status quo in the agile industry today these executives have been through it several times they've seen how the force thing doesn't work long term and they've gone for invited engaging participatory approaches that generate tremendous amounts of self-management without really giving up any authority or power at all. All they're doing is engaging and igniting the energy of their workforce. Six executives, not consultants, telling a real story. And for the people who are or who are listening to this now, I want you to um, I want you to consider uh, going to uh, this this link. Can I put uh, this? Can I put it in the chat or not? Is it okay for me to put something in the chat where the people can see it?
0: Actually, yeah. Give it yeah. to me, and I will uh, use it because, as I said, I'm learning this too. So let's do this. How
1: do I do it? Oh, so I, I could just, I could just show like hi. Um, I don't know how I would put it in the chat. You so have, look, uh, you have the
0: chat. You have the chat next to share. And yeah, but it,
1: it doesn't. It won't let me because it says uh, only the host can only what? support it for hosts. So no. you have to make me a host to show the link, but. Well you're don't doing this, anyways, but tell me, and I'll yeah. uh, go to openleadershipnetwork.com. Oh,
0: it's network. Sorry, my bad.
1: Yeah, openleadershipnetwork.com, and then click on the resources and look at the executive testimonial videos there. One is two minutes long. One is fifteen minutes long. That's an example of what you're going to experience at the conference. Some some of these people have thousands of employees under the span of their authority. Okay. And when you come out of the out of the conference, you're going to have PDFs, checklists, guides, and, and and videos that you can bring into your organization to spread these ideas. Okay, that's that's number one. Number two, um, I'm offering a course in these eight patterns of open business agility uh, coming up on the 16th of August, and I'm also offering um, Open Space Agility um, that starting August 30. I'll give Alex um, the codes for that. That will give your the community here who's listening now, part of your community. They use the code Dare Real Agile. Take fifty percent off the price. There's ten tickets in each class, just for this community. Okay, half. Is
0: it, is it really Dare Real? Because I thought I was giving okay. away Dare Real only. I think yeah, that was. It. Do,
1: yeah, Dare Real. I'll change it after I get off. Dare Real will be the code. Yes. I'll send you. I'll send you a follow up email. August 30th for the OSA class, Open Space Agility, August 16th for the Patterns class. And then, of course, you know, you've got a code for the conference itself. So those are some things you can do to learn about how this works. So I want to just say delegation is a lot more simple Mm -hmm. than invitation. Delegation doesn't work as good as invitation because invitation generates a tremendous amount of feedback in a way that delegation can never do. Okay. Okay. So I hope you look at the conference, look at the classes. Now let's talk about what you were talking about, Alex, which is why is all this crappy Agile being bought and sold? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Here's why. Because if I'm a buyer, I'm an executive buyer, I am going to – you have to tell me what I want to hear, and then I'm going to buy it, Okay. If you go off on me about self-management, emergence, and emergent leaders, I, that gets lost in translation. I'm going to show you the door, okay? I want a assess, train, coach. That's what I want. Assess, train, coach. I want you to do it for me, and I want to, I want to ramrod this thing through my company, and actually what I want to do is fund it, authorize the funding, and then I want you to take care of it for me, okay? This is what's going on in the world today, so here's what's happening. We're selling them what they're buying, and what they're buying doesn't work and we're selling it to them because they have money to spend. Okay. So I want to tell you, I'm going to show you something now that you're going to probably laugh at. (laughs) All right. Here's the ethics of the agile industrial complex. Ready? Yes. There was a guy named Canada, Bill Jones. He used to be a, uh, Let's see. I I can't really see it. Wait. Let's see. Patterns. Oh, I can't. I need to say. Hmm. I can't share. For some reason, I can't share. Why is that? I I only have a limited amount of things to share. Uh, Because you were sharing I was. Okay, here it is. Ready? Yes. yes. Candidate Bill Jones was a card sharp and a con man after the Civil War. He rode the rails of the United States and the riverboats. And he was a three-card Monty expert. Here's his ethics. This is the ethics of the Agile Industrial Complex. Are you ready? Put down your beverage. Put down your beverage. Everyone who's watching, put your beverage down. Okay. <laughs> but, here it is.
0: Can I share the screen? Oh, Here it is. It's coming. It is.
1: Hey voila. It's morally wrong to allow suckers to keep their money. Canada Bill Jones. <laughs> there you go. So there you I go.
0: Love it. I love it. They're real agile. This is the way, guys. They're <laughs> there to speak up and stand up for what's right. Come on. Let's serve the client. Let's tell them. Yes. Here. Because people want an experience more than stuff. Nowadays, in every aspect of our life. And actually, my product management designer and developers that I also coach, this is what they keep telling The organization, they are either part as an employee or a consultant, and nobody pays attention, nobody's listening. And this is why I'm in full phase with the paper from Steve Denning back in April 2020 Mm -hmm. when he says, why only the agile will survive, using it as an adjective again. And for me, I prefer to be more kind of positive I changed the survive by thrive. If you want to thrive because surviving for me it's kind of no, it's it's not enough. I don't want to survive, I want to thrive. Every,
1: every immigrant to Canada took an agile approach if they if they if they thrived.
0: Yeah, but the same in the United States.
1: Same in the I United States.
0: Mean, if I'm right because I, I spent a lot of time in the United States, my second home. I uh, like uh, and and then I was invited for Thanksgiving and the way they there's different approach of Thanksgiving, but you could see that it was a moment like, uh, but anyways, I want to go into, because a lot of people are politicizing it. But for me, the, the culture thing, was these 13 colonies that suffer a lot and they, they were like, they needed to be agile because agile is not something new. It's not 20 years old because with it's the four software, and this is why they come. I mean, it's really important. It's for software development. And then after, like Jeff said in the video I catch, he said, you guys, you're great mind. You have great ideas. Make it happen, like whatever you want. But you cannot change this historical artifact. Now, after, if you want to do a manifesto for this and that, be my guess, because that's the way. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. It's for this. It's for the red zone. Anywhere you're near the edge of chaos. Yeah. Anywhere yep. you're in that red area, you need an empirical approach. Okay? Yes. Yes. The blue area that's boring. Don't don't use Agile there. You don't need it. You need no. the, in the red zone. Okay, this is where yeah. the action is.
0: Yeah, you're so. gonna piss off people. That's uh, that's the thing. So uh, so so for me, this is if I came back to the the accusation of being a purist. No, hold on a second. If you are ready, if you have capable people, and you really want, and you're in a complex environment where you have to learn that software, you won't be perfect. And if you wait in a waterfall environment. Uh, to go back to design after the QA, so you're losing your time. But at some point, sometimes I said as a consultant, really bold, I said like, no, you don't need, you don't need to be agile. So you better stick to the this waterfall thing. that Explicit agreement.
1: Scrum is doing every single one of these
0: things. Yeah. And and these patterns are part of what you teach at the um, Open Business Agility uh, courses, or That's it's right. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: The eight, the eight Patterns of Open Business Agility. Basically, if you study Scrum and you ask a question, why does it work? You're going to boil it down. It's going to come down to these patterns, okay? Now, interaction protocols, that's what we do in the daily Scrum. The daily Scrum, we say, in the early days of Scrum, we said we answered three questions, right? And then in the later, in the modern day, Jeff and Ken said, use any protocol you want but get to the bottom of what's going on today. Yes. Okay. So they've actually relaxed scrum so that you have more freedom than ever to implement it your way, but you've got but, to implement these patterns.
0: But this That's- is funny, uh, Daniel, because for me, since the beginning, I'm experimenting with scrum back in the last century. It was always, been, it was always slack. I was confronting when I started doing some mandate, and to the banking industry, like oh, all of a sudden it needed to be exactly what the Scrum guys said. I said, like, well, what Scrum Guide? Because I, I was not aware. I was not aware. Even being there of Scrum Alliance, I of course I knew there was something. But I mean, like, I said, like, well, what Scrum guys? It's, it's the people' choice. They will have to create the pattern that's good for their development cycle and also for the business interaction. It's all about the the, the interaction of people even beyond the Scrum team. Uh, so yes. for me, that was a no brainer saying this uh, is uh, it's a slacker. Like like last November, a lot of people was, oh, uh, Scrum is less pre- uh, 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 prescribed. I said, it was never, ever in any of my consulting agency that I led, it was never, ever prescribed. So I didn't understand this kind of fake debate that I call like about, oh, now all of a sudden, this 25th anniversary edition of the Scrum Guide is less pre- prescribed. I
1: Beautiful.
0: never prescribed it.
1: I want to. I want to offer in closing. I know we're almost out of time now, but I want to oh, offer something. I want to describe the most evil force in the world, mm, which is, and it's in the agile industry too. It's everywhere. It's in politics. It's yeah. everywhere. Here it is. Right. Human beings are suckers for a coherent story, whether it's true or not. So, this explains why people believe crazy politicians. This explains why really crappy Agile gets bought and sold every day of the week in the largest companies. It's because they people are so, so addicted to knowing the story and knowing the right answer. They want a coherent story. So we, we tell the people what they want to hear, and then they buy it. That's and this everything. is this is awful this is awful it 's one of the worst things to happen. I mean, if we that's got right. off of this as human beings we would we would progress so fast with conscious leadership, conscious capitalism, conscious everything, just yeah, yeah. it 's okay to not know this story it 's okay yes
0: and and could we experience things so that 's actually i 'm reading a book i don 't know if it's available in english i 'm going to see it and send it to you the link because it 's from an Israeli. It's, uh, it's called Sapiens. It's oh, I have
1: this book, yeah, for Harari.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it was also uh, the, the writer of Homo Deus. Yeah, I have this uh, book as well.
1: Yep. And there's, there's
0: a third book uh, from another French Israeli guy who actually talked about, I don't remember exactly the name and even in English, bear with me. It's a, it's a, it's a gland that we have that's created this kind of dopamine.
1: Yeah, the pineal gland.
0: Uh, it's not the pineal gland. It's another thing. It's another okay. thing that, and it's actually, if you read uh, The Prince from Machiavelli, uh, so you could understand that this dopamine is creating you like, oh, yes. And it's, it's, gi- it's giving us this uh, kind of monkey mentality of uh, shutting down and just go with the leader, the one who screamed the most and so on, because the dopamine well, is, is, is providing a fake satisfaction of comfort. I don't remember, but this is really interesting because these guys, he, he was co-writing, the, the guy who wrote Sapiens and this collaborate with that other French guy and they make this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really, uh, it's about uh, bio uh, genetic and so on. So if we could cancel that land, we will process less things and we will be more thriving into um, something else than the materialistic and the centralists of of this world. And probably it could solve this kind of, because how will you describe what you just said? Like is more like the power type of things or,
1: it's about, it's about uncertainty, it's about knowing okay. the right answer, and it's about taking all the ambiguity out of it. So when we get near chaos, we pretend we know the story. We don't know the story at all. We only know yep. the story in the blue area, not in the red area.
0: Okay? And even though, do we know? Do we know for we sure? We
1: pretend we know up here. Okay. We don't know anything. That's why we use empirical process like Scrum. Okay? But up here, there is, the story emerges every single day, every single week. Meanwhile, we're pretending we know the story. We don't, and that's the essence of agility. That's why I use empirical process. Yep. But most leaders, most people can't handle ambiguity, cannot handle uncertainty, cannot handle not knowing. So when someone shows up and tells them a coherent story, it's gonna be A and then B and then C and then everything's gonna be so great, they go, Okay, where do I where do I sign up for that?
0: That's done. Yeah. And this is why my team and I we are creating this next level agile program to actually be empirical in our consulting mandate. Beautiful. Because instead of giving a proposition, of, "Oh, yeah, we're going to do this in the next 12 and 18 months of an agile transformation. I please stop it. There's no agile transformation. You could use the principles and values of agile to create patterns to transform. What well, you transform? Your own business. The way people interact together. You don't transform agile for God's sake.
1: <laughs> you don't scale agile. Well, well, we do need to transform the agile industry because it's oh, yes, not yes, serving I, yeah. any. It's not serving the people no. anymore. It's serving something else. Right.
0: Yesterday, I had uh, a kind of a cocktail and uh, an in-person cocktail. Yes, because we're kind of free a bit in Montreal, but. Um, and uh, the ladies, oh, so you're you're an agile guy, so uh, you're just losing time of the CFO and the CTO and so on, losing time, right? Yeah, because they don't want to hear it anymore. They apparently. So it's amazing. I mean, like people now see agile like uh, like a pestiferent, like it's uh, it's uh, they don't like it. So it's kind of uh, so yes, and especially with the flood of people who wrote that it's failing, but for me it's kind of a counter uh, productive things. Because, and this is why I call out the other coaches out there and the other consultants. Uh, could we, and this is why I do this kind of live every week to uh, tell another side of the story and saying like, um, you could have the opinion you want, but the factual empirical thing, if you never try it for real, yes, as a purist, excuse me, of course you're going to fail. Because at sometimes times, uh, it's like the shoe Harry movement from Alistair Cockburn, I think. um huh? Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if you did uh, martial art. I did martial art. And Mm -hmm. when you learn a lot of things, new language and the state of mind, because uh, I did Kung Fu mostly, so you have to be in a state of mind. And when I've been introduced to Ricky, the kind of medicine, the same thing. So you cannot know right away everything and be perfect. So you need to, yes, scale it for yourself. And the Shuari, at first I said, like, okay, you hire me as an agile coach. So don't bring me stuff from Ken Schreiber already because (laughs) you could hire him as a, uh, I don't know if he's still working, but (laughs) I mean, he will cost you more than me. But, uh, so let's, let's stay in the shoe right now. So you learn from one master and then when you be able and you'll be ready to challenge me with others and start creating your community of practice, like agile Boston or what have you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you could like confront what uh, you've learned from Daniel Mizik, the great coach, or Alexandre, the great coach. And then after, when you get the re now you are probably the teacher yourself uh, because you get enough experience. So that's the thing too. Uh, and, and probably um, we should uh, maybe do another one uh, at some point and try to invite other people. I would love to have a Friday Life Agile with three, four people of not the same uh, agreement because I'd like to have a kind of a sane debate on this certification industry because I think the certification and I, it is one one of my favorite part on Dave Thomas go to uh, video uh, when he said like you're receiving pop-ups on the Google ads yeah and yeah like don't think and get certified don't well,
1: think hold, hold, hold on I don't want to say one thing about, about this 30 seconds yeah I got it. Formal education has, has has is not delivering on its promise it takes too long it's very expensive you come out with debt and you don't get a job okay yeah all right. So certification is a self-managed response by human beings to produce something better. So I can go and within a year, I can get a couple of certifications. I can go to a conference. I can meet people. I can enter an industry and I can start to make money. So not all certification is evil. Um, oh. Some of it is, is is really, really, it's a self-managed, self-organized response to the failure of of formal uh, higher education. I want to offer you people one more thing. Yeah, that's okay. Let's let's have this conversation about how invitations generate generate real uh, decisions and decisions generate engagement and engagement generates results. That's what the invitation-based change conference is all about. And I hope everyone will consider coming to this conference. And they come. I want you to come and talk at Agile Boston and at a future conference of ours. And if you're ever down this way, we're about six hours away from Montreal. Yeah. If you go on your way to New York City, you're coming through New England, I want you to stop at my house and stay over. Okay.
0: Thank you for the invitation. And But uh, yeah, the future is bright, I think And this uncertainty time, I'm just seeing the light. And thank you again, Danielle, to participating in thank my colleague. Uh my, uh, my daring things of speaking up and standing up for rats. what is right so far with the information we know. Because me, I'm open like this. I'm a dropout of physics. So I understand that it's not monolithic. I, I, I might be, think I'm right right now. But as you mentioned, with the chaos to boring, yes. So we need to, a lot of people, they don't like it when they answer me a straight question and I answer like it depends. Could you give me some more context to answer the question? Right, because you could be a, a know-it-all, but, but you don't know.
1: That's because they want a coherent story. They don't want to hear the nuance. They want to hear the black and white, up or down, true or false, yes or no. That's
0: but that's I'm the talking. laziness of uh, the monkey we are. Like Terence McKenna used to say, we are a monkey who thinks. Who think?
1: Apes with clothes.
0: Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Danielle. And have a great uh, weekend. Thank
1: you. Bye-bye.
0: Cheers. Bye.